Um, I know a lot of you get my weekly email. If you don't get it, let us know. But in my email this last week, I mentioned uh, something about the, the Faith Walk class that I led back in February. And uh, it's uh, during the time we, uh, during that morning, we had a time for people to write down any question they had for me. Uh, could be about, the, about God, Bible, faith, life, whatever. And so then all those questions were brought up to me, and then I responded one at a time. And, and one of the questions, I, I'm pretty sure, was uh, written by one of the eighth grade students who was there, as well as the adults. And ac actually, I know this now, because between services, one of those eighth grade students came up to me and says, Oh, I heard you talk about my, my question. <laughs> and so it was. But anyway, uh, the question was, How has God changed your life? And the word your was all caps. Now, that was a question I wasn't really expecting. You know, and, and it kind of, yes, I mean, it was good, but, but, but what do I say? You know, how do you, how do you reply kind of on the spot, uh, unprepared with a two-minute reply to a question like that? Well, so this morning I want to share with you some of what I said. I may expand a little bit. And uh, so here it is. So, Steve, how has God changed your life? Well, there are a number of ways I could respond, but first I would say that um, I'm, God has made me less angry, cynical, and sarcastic. Um, you know, when Jesus came knocking on my door, I was an angry, cynical, sarcastic high school student, uh, and I had tried a, a lot of times to change myself and make myself different, and I just was having no success at that at all. Now, maybe I would have eventually outgrown some of that. But, you know, I know a lot of angry, cynical, sarcastic adults, and maybe I just would have been one of them. Now, I do have to say a little bit is that that angry, cynical, sarcastic streak is still in me, okay? But Jesus has brought me a long way. Another is that he's also made me less defensive. Uh, you know, I would say maybe even the first couple decades of, the, of my, our marriage, uh, once in a while, Trish would say to me, she says, Steve, why, why are you being so defensive? To which I would reply, I'm not being defensive. <laughs> oh, well, maybe I kind of overstated that a little bit here. Uh, anyway, that now again, that defensive streak is still in me. But fortunately, it's, it's not very often my go-to response. God is changing me. He's also uh, making me more compassionate. Uh, you know, the first person uh, who ever told me that he was gay was one of my best friends from seminary. What a great guy. I learned so much from him. Now, I've, I've never conduct, conducted a same-sex wedding, and I, and I really can't see myself, I cannot see myself doing so in the future, even if the United Methodist denomination changes its policy. And you may or may not agree with me on, on that, and that's, that's fine. But, you know, that's where I am, is I, I am wrestling with what the New Testament says about what it needs, means to be faithful to Jesus. And it's those same scriptures that urge me to be compassionate, to be like Jesus. So if you are a student or an adult who's struggling with the direction of your sexual attractions, I want you to know that I will love you. And, and I will treat you as if you were my own family. Because to me, you are. So that's, that's part of my story. That's just three little slices of, uh, of the way God has been at work in my life and changed me. 
today is our final Sunday in the, in the series we call Bless, Five Ways to Love Our Neighbors. And we've been exploring uh, five practices to build healthy relationships, specifically relationships with those who are still finding their way back to God. So as each of these five practices pops up on the screen, uh, I'm going to ask you to, to say out loud and clear with me all the, the words that are in caps, okay? Ready? B is for begin with prayer. One of the most amazing things to me in the world is that God lets our prayers make a difference in the flow of grace. Isn't that, isn't that incredible? And I've noticed that, that when I consistently pray for someone, God also elevates my love for them. Have you experienced something like that? L is for listen with care. You show God's love a whole lot better with your ears than your mouth, right? Uh, we show God's love better with our ears than our mouth. And let me add this. If you come to a place or you're at a place in your life where you find that you're losing faith or you're just kind of fed up to hear with church, find someone who will listen. There are a lot of people here who will listen to you and we won't tell you that you're wrong or we tell you we're trying, not trying to fix you or just we will take you seriously and we will listen. E is for eat together. Eating together says, I include you. You're part of my circle of family and friends. And there is a bond that is built when we break bread with someone or when we tear into a pizza together. Now, the first S in bless is for, one more slide, is for serve in love. On, on uh, Friday, my uh, faith group met, and one of the exercises we had was to try to come up with some specific ways that we could serve those we want to have a blessed relationship with. And uh, I kind of struggled with that. Like, what do I put down? Uh, because, you know, I, I still wasn't quite sure what would be a good way to serve them. And what I realized is I need to go back to listen more. I need to listen to these, these friends more so I know how to serve them. And then the last S is for share your story. And that's what we're going to focus on today. And for most of us, this is the hardest one, isn't it? Would you agree? Um, so we're going, to take, uh, we're going to start by taking an example from Scripture. Let's open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 9, starting with verse 9. Uh, if you brought your Bible, I would say, way to go. You're awesome. And we have, of course, we have plenty of pew Bibles in front of you. You'll see it on page 973. It's all, it's all about a guy that, uh, named Matthew that Jesus invited to be his disciple. And think about it. Who's telling this story? It's Matthew's gospel, right? Matthew is telling this story. Uh, He's sharing his story, and he gives it to us in his, his condensed version, which is kind of his style. So 
uh, now, before we get into the first verse of this, I'm sure Jesus, I'm sure Matthew had, had heard Jesus before, had heard a lot about him. Maybe he knew people that had been healed by Jesus, knew what he talked about. So I doubt if this, this conversation is as random as it appears to us when we, when we first read it. So here in Matthew 9, uh, Matthew 9, verse 9, it says, As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. Now, today, working for the IRS is an honorable career, right? Back then, if, if you were a Jew getting rich by collecting for the Romans, you were considered the worst of the worst. You were the slime below the grime below the scum. And, and imagine Matthew's surprise when Jesus says to him, Hey, Matt, I want you on my team. Matthew, I can just see him shooting a big smile back at Jesus and he says I'm in and then what does Matthew do he throws a party he invites all his tax collector buddies because who else would hang out with him and I picture him you know going to his friends and uh, and going to their houses and telling them the story hey you know this morning I was at the toll booth collecting money like usual and guess who came to my booth? Oh, you'll never guess. It was Jesus, this prophet from Nazareth. And he said, Matt, I want you to come be with me. Be my disciple. Learn from me every day. And right there, I closed my cash register and walked away. I'm with Jesus now. And I'm throwing a big party tonight because I want you to come and meet him. And we learn about this party in verse 10. Uh, let's look. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. So I can just see Jesus and his disciples, and they're mingling with all these, you know, super sinners, and it's a wonderful party. They're all having a great time. And before long, they're interrupted by the super religious police, a group called the Pharisees, and they're, they're clustered outside of Matthew's house. And then a couple of Jesus' disciples step outside, and the Pharisees say, Hey, let's look at verse 11. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? You see, in their mind, if you associate with sinners, it contaminates you. You get sinner cooties, right? And Jesus overhears their question and jumps in. Let's look at verse 12. On hearing this, Jesus says, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. In verse 13, he quotes the prophet Hosea, uh, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Meaning, I'd rather God would rather have us show grace and compassion than, than be super religious. And at the end of verse 13, he says, For I have come not to call the righteous, but sinners. Matthew tells his friends, Jesus knew what a sinner I was, but he said, hey, Matt, you're just the kind of guy I'm looking for. That's Matthew's story. Now, if you have belonged to Jesus a long time, you probably have lots of stories 
I don't know if you remember very many of them, but you probably have them. And, and, and most of our stories are kind of small and simple, but they're, but they're real. So I want to give you today a few suggestions on sharing your stories. If it's a new relationship, don't rush into it. Allow that person's curiosity to emerge. Let, let trust develop. And because you see, everything that comes out of your mouth doesn't have to sound religious. You don't have to be pestering them. Uh, just just kind of let congregate, uh, conversations flow naturally. Uh, you know, kind of look for an appropriate time. The flip side is, don't wait too long to share your story. You know, in the first Sunday in this series, I shared um, that, that bless is about building relationships and letting your life with Jesus spill out. But if you keep your life with Jesus so tightly bottled up that it never spills out, that's no good either. Next is share a little God moment. You know, you have them. Share little God moments uh, because I think they're worth sharing. Here's one of mine. A few weeks ago, we uh, had Mike Ferency's funeral here. Um, the week before that, I met with his family. We sat down at the table, and, and I just kind of listened to them and let them share with me stories about Mike. And, and knowing that so they, you know, I would work some of this stuff into the funeral message. And uh, we also planned that his son, Michael Jr., would share a few memories then after I gave the message. Well, one of the things that I was planning to share about Mike was how he said goodbye to his family. Every time uh, when he would say goodbye, he would say it like this. Bye, love you, see you later, have a nice day, be careful. Just, just like that. The morning of the funeral, I was kind of going through all of my preparations, what I was going to say, and suddenly, bing, this thought just burst into my brain. What if his son Michael is planning to talk about that? I mean, I don't want to say it if he's planning to say that. So when, I, when he arrived, the first thing I did, I made a beeline to him and asked him if he was planning to share that little thing about his dad, and he said he was. So I left it out. And I thought, oh, thank you, Lord. I remember I came home and told Trish how, how I think it was God that gave me this thought. You better be careful. You better ask. Don't say that if, if your son's planning to. Now, I can't prove it was God. You could argue that it was, you know, just a little human intuition. Maybe it was just, you know, I should have been smart enough to think of this on my own. But I believe it was a God thing. Share a little God moment. The co-author of our guidebooks that we've been using uh, one of the, is uh, Rick Richardson. And in another book, he advised Christians this, to share a transformation story. Just, just share how God is changing you. Uh, when Jesus is at the center of your life now, how is that making change? And don't, don't try to follow a formula or an outline. Just, just be yourself. Um, I shared a couple of months ago that uh, for the last year, I would say, uh, God has been pointing out to me times when I say things and I realize that maybe a hidden motive there is trying to impress people. 
I'm sure that I have been doing this subconsciously all my life. But it's just now that I'm beginning to be consciously aware of it. So, when I say something now, and, and maybe I, after I've already said it, and I realize, you know, there was an underlying motive there to look good, look smart. It's as if God is saying to me, Steve, you know, you really don't need to do that. Let it go. Rest in my acceptance. That's all you need. So uh, that is a transformation story that's going on right now. It's still going on. Probably will for a good while, a long time. Here's another one. Uh, this week will be the fourth conversation I've had this year that I've, I've hosted here at our building of, of a group of about 10 pastors, half of them African-American, half of them European-American, and we're listening to each other. And we're learning from each other. And if something like Charlottesville happens here in Omaha, we want to be ready to speak with a united voice, a unified voice, and invite other pastors to speak with us. And I believe it's because God has been saying to me that it's time for me to take some leadership in our community about this issue. That's another transformation story happening in my life. And, and if you have a hard time uh, remembering your God moments and your transformation stories, I would encourage you to, uh, to write them down in a journal. Get yourself a little notebook or, or keep them on your iPad or whatever. But, uh, you know, write them down and, and, you know, just the act of writing them down is going to keep them more fresh. And, and if you look over them once in a while, I mean, I think it'll, it'll keep them uh, close in your mind and also bring joy to your heart. Um, I want to invite up uh, someone special here today to come on up uh, in costume. We know him as Pete of Pete and Repeat fame, uh, one of our children's ministry superheroes that we have now have this year. Uh, you saw them leading in the children's uh, Palm Sunday parade, and uh, I will tell you a secret. His alias is Brian Denoso. <laughs> anyway... And how do I know so, right? That's right. <laughs> okay. Not so, from NCIS either. Okay. So, uh, Brian, uh, just, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people here don't know you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, like Steve said, uh, my name is Brian Denoso. Uh, my wife is the director of children's ministry upstairs. Uh, we've been coming here, well, ever since she got hired about five years ago. Yeah. So, uh, Brian, I'm, we're interested to hear how, how your life in Christ got started what was sort of the impetus to get things going well I didn't grow up going to church um, we, we just didn't go it wasn't something that we did um, in 2000 about 2006 or so um, Leah had an assistant director for her uh, daycare that she was running up in Fremont mm -hmm. and week after week she would literally dare us to come to come where to church Really? Every, every time she would dare us. I just dare you to show up. She loved her church. She wasn't originally from there, so she really enjoyed um, her church family she had up there. She loved singing and doing all that. So How did she, you respond? Um, well, it took me a while, but I, I tend to accept dares. So 
Um, she knew how to phrase that yeah, for you. She, huh? she got me. She <laughs> knew me. Um, so we started going, um, and we, we started attending every so often, um, and then it, it, it started becoming a little more regular. Okay. So that, well, that was sort of all sort of growing, and, mm -hmm. and then was there a kind of a turning point or a period of time where it was a turning point for you? Yeah, there was a huge turning point. Um, it was about 2008. Um, Leah and I were in a really bad spot in our marriage. Mm. Um, we, we, were, we were heading in two separate directions. Okay. Um, we, we, we got to the point where I mean, we didn't even in, enjoy sitting in the same room together. Wow. It was, it was really bad. Um, <clears throat> and this had been going on for a couple of months, and the movie Fireproof came out. I remember that. Yep. And she asked me, kind of a daring way, come to this movie with me, and I will go golfing with you. Okay. And I said, well, you know, whatever, that's fine. I get golf out of it, so I'll go watch a movie. Okay. So we went to this movie and, and kind of watched, and it was on screen that I saw that, you know, there was a lot more going on screen that was actually happening in our lives. You know, these two people that are supposed to love each other actually didn't care for each other. And that kind of softened my heart and thought, yeah, this is just a bad place we're in. So the next day we go to Wahoo Golf Course and we're on the fifth hole and, and she looks at me and just completely breaks down. What, what happened? She was crying and, and, and talking to me and saying how much she needed me in her life and how much uh, she cared for me. And, and it was, it hit me to the point where I thought, I can't be that guy that does that to another human being. Mean hurts her like that? Yeah, I was, I was inflicting pain on her emotionally and just by the way we were going at it. And it, it really softened my heart um, to the point where, you know, it, it, and this took a long time. It wasn't just overnight, but it took some time for us to, to get to the point where we were able to talk about, well, you know what? We are broken. Our marriage is really broken. We need to turn to God and get some help. And, and we did. And it, yeah. it took some time and it's, it took a lot of humility and um, a lot of pain and a lot of conversation. But, but we did. And, you know, now we're, we're the best we've ever been. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I see that if God can work on, on my marriage that way, what else is he going to do in my entire life? Right. And that's kind of why I dress in this yeah. get up right here is, you know, I just, I just want to be able to share this with the kids and say, look, this is such an amazing God we have that he has turned me into this cold guy. And now I just have a genuine love for my wife and my family. Yeah. Uh, and, and we see that, you know, those of us who know you. So have you, obviously you just shared it with us, but have you had other opportunities to share this with anyone? I have. Um, so uh, I don't know if you, some of you might know, some of you don't. Um, we, we enjoy going to, to hockey games and we, we go to the Lincoln Stars, Liz, Lincoln. <laughs> and so we go there and and we have a friend of mine that I used to, uh, that I work with, um, and, and he has season tickets that are like three rows in front of us. And in the beginning of the year, he started dating a single mom. Mm. And he, he was kind of really iffy on talking to me about it. Um, and I shared my story with, with him about dating Leah and how we've, how we, where we've come from, mm -hmm. you know, all the way until where we are now. 
and, and how we introduced God into our marriage and, and you know, how it really worked it out. And they've had their struggles just like we have and just yeah. like we will continue to have. Um, but he really uh, took it in. And, yeah. you know, I saw them yesterday and they were just as happy as can be and having a great time. And it really warmed my heart to see that they're, he, you know, he's like he's working on it and kind of blending a family. And that so nice. he's kind of interested or listening, yes. you think? He and is. I mean, he, he'll text me, he'll call me, he'll ask me for some advice as to how, to, how okay. I handled some things. And, and you know, and so we, we talk quite a bit about it. Um, he's, he's not quite to the, you know, coming to services every week. Um, but every time I have an opportunity, I speak a little God into him. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Brian, it, um, you know, it's so great to know that God is kind of taking that pain you've been through. Not only has he brought you through it, but he's using that to bless others. That's so cool. Yeah, it is. Um, I'd like to just pray for you and how God's going to use your story and for your friend. Can we do that? Yes, please. Uh, oh, Lord, just uh, all of us right now, we're just joining our hearts before you and saying, Lord, bless this friend of Brian's. And... Uh, Lord, we thank you that you've been reaching out to him and you've used Brian's story to, to kind of meet him right where he is. And he, he just, Lord, let this uh, friendship be one that still can kind of help him uh, take the next step toward you, Lord, and help him to find his way. And, and Lord, bring the life and love and healing into, into them uh, just like you've done for, for Brian and Leah and their family. So, Lord, we, we give you the praise and the glory. You're a good God. Uh, you reach out to us when we don't deserve it, but you, uh, you, you, you save us anyway. So thank you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, thank you. Thank you, sir. All right. So, so what I'd like to do now is... Uh, and it's going to seem a little strange to some of you, but I want to take a, a few minutes here and have you share with somebody a one-minute story of maybe a God moment or a transformation story, but you don't have to do it. Obviously, this is optional. And so if you just want to listen to somebody's story, you can do that. But what I'm going to have you do is kind of turn together and get a few people and, uh, until, you, until you find two people who will share a little story, one-minute story. And if you find that you don't have two, then maybe widen your circle and include some others until you've got two. All right, so I'm just going to give you a couple of minutes. And like I say, you don't have to share something, but I know that nearly everybody here has several things they could share. So just go ahead and give it a try. I'll give you a couple of minutes. Okay. How did it go? I, I want you to know that it's just a really powerful thing to sit up here and watch all of you and just hear this these murmur of about a hundred conversations going on. It's just, it's really a cool thing. And you know, after worship, you know, I, I feel, feel free to, to uh, come up to somebody that, you, maybe somebody that you know and say, hey, you got a story, I want to hear yours. Or maybe uh, you could just come up to somebody you don't know and introduce yourself and say, you know, can I practice my story on you? <laughs> and uh, your one-minute story. You can do that. All right. Anyway, I want, uh, we've been handing out throughout this series these little blessed packets, have some good information about bless, and, 
and we've got a stack of them out at the uh, Connection Center, but I want to read something that's on the page for Share Your Story. It's, I, I really like how it says this. Once you begin building relationships and earning trust, look for opportunities to bless others by sharing your story. Your story of how Jesus is transforming your life and the world. You don't need a script, and you don't need a dramatic story. When you set Christ apart in your heart, you become different. You experience grace. You know what it's like to be forgiven. You know what it means to have purpose. You handle your relationships differently than you once did. You make financial decisions differently than before. You approach career priorities differently than others. Your heart has grown for God's mission to extend the whole gospel to the whole world. Jesus changes everything. You can tell the story. I'm sure that there would be some of you here today that would say that your, your story with Jesus right now is, is in the prequel stage. Uh, and that's a good thing too. And maybe you're, but you know, I want you to know that Jesus is, is calling you. Just like he did with Matthew. He says, yeah, I know where you're at. But I want you on my team. Love to have you on my team. And uh, he says, you know, I, I didn't come to, to bring righteous people who already think they're good enough. I, I come to bring you. Just as you are. Uh, and Jesus wants to to write stories into your life for your entire... He wants to write transformation stories all your, your entire life through. I mean, we've got plenty to work on, don't we? And God's just going to keep writing those stories into your life. Um, I know that many of you here are, are intrigued by this whole blessed series and the idea of creating, building blessed relationships. And some of you are ready to go. You say, I'm on board, I'm, I'm starting blessed relationships, I'm building them, and, and I'm loving it. And others of you are going, seems really like a great idea. And maybe now you're thinking, do I take a step? Do I actually do this? I'm just thinking, what would it be like if there were 50 of us here today who would say, yeah, I'm in. Let's do blessed relationships what if, what if there were a hundred of us? I mean, what would God be up to if that became a way that we were lived as disciples of Jesus where we begin with prayer, listen with care, eat together, serve in love, share your story, just simple things. But God has an amazing way of working with simple things. Let's pray. Oh, Lord Jesus, we thank you. you. You're so good to us, just like you were with Matthew when he wasn't expecting us. You, you, uh, you invited him to come along, be with you, and to follow you. And so, Lord, we want to follow you too. Uh, we want to bless people, just like you did. And we can't do it. We're not maybe that good at it yet, but we are trusting you to help us and to show us how and to, get, to keep getting better at it. And Lord, we think of the people in our lives that you've placed there, maybe friends and relatives and people we know from work and neighbors. And, and uh, Lord, show us, show us one or two or a few people that, that we could just 
be intentional with and love them this way and just watch and wait and see what you're already doing. So, Lord, this is our, our prayer. We ask that you will help Faith Westwood. Help us to come together and be a blessed church. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's stand.